The Mike Wagner Show is powered by Sonic Web Studios. Hi, this is Mia Mohsen Zia, also known as Mia No Time for Love. Check out my latest book, Missing, available in print and ebook formats on Amazon. It's now time for the Mike Wagner Show, powered by Sonic Web Studios and sponsored by international award-winning author Mia Mohsen Zia of Missing. The Mike Wagner Show can be heard on over 40 podcast platforms, as well as HamiltonRadio.net, Diamonds FM, and TheMikeWagnerShow.com. We can be heard in over 100 countries, featuring over 1,000 well-known and amazing guests throughout the globe, and named one of the top 100 global podcasts in the New York Weekly Times, Hollywood Entertainment News, Los Angeles Weekly Times, Apple, and Chartable. So sit back and relax and enjoy another great episode of the award-winning Mike Wagner Show. Hey everybody, it's Mike from the Mike Wagner Show, powered by Sonic Web Studios and brought to you by our official sponsor, the Mike Wagner Show, international warring author, and me and Molson's Day Missing, available on Amazon and Paperback and Ebook. We're here with a terrific lady who's dubbed the Queen of House Music by Billboard Magazine, Guardian of the Threshold, and the Holy Grail of, of uh, House Music. It's not the Mighty Python version, and we'll find out why on that one. She's president of Trax Records of Chicago, which is the Motown of... Um, of a generation, and she also worked with uh, Grandmaster Melly Mel, Joe Smooth, Marshall Jefferson, Colonel Abrams, George Clinton, and currently works with um, Irene Michaels, uh, Luca Gerlin, DJ Thad X, and Saytech, and more. And of course, uh, she also, um, you know, talks about her first single, which actually was the beginning of Tracks Records and uh, the history behind the whole thing, and also some breaking news regarding her um, her her latest release, Rising, which comes in many versions, but the one special version is getting a special treatment. We're gonna find out what it is. Live, ladies and gentlemen, from the Plus Studios, um, you know, somewhere between Nashville, Chicago, just about anywhere you go, somewhere in the United States, the Queen of House Music, the Guardian of the Threshold, and the Holy Grail of House Music, ladies and gentlemen, the multi-talented. Rachel came, or best known as Screaming Rachel. Rachel, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thanks for joining us today. Exactly. Ah, yes. I'm screaming. <laughs> I'm excited. I've been listening to your show, and I'm really happy to be a guest. A lot of really good things have been happening to me. I just had a 6,000-word uh, feature in Rolling Stone in May, and I was in Chicago uh, Magazine in April. So wow. just a lot of coverage i know you also i believe were in the hollywood digest which i was for hot summer sizzling singles not yes the that's singles. right and uh and lisa feature what podcast um singles artists influencers yes. like a king scroll and of course i think um you you made the list uh quite some time back and um what's great about the um hollywood digest this is my third year in a row that i got placed in the uh, top 25, I gotta say that, you know, that New York Weekly Times, LA Weekly Times, I mean, the stuff just keeps coming, I gotta say that. So for all of us here, not just one, but all of us, which is great, so. Well, that's why we're here on your show, or that's why I'm here on your show. And as you said, have to thank Jimmy and Eileen for their wonderful introductions, because I would say you're on fire like that. Mm hmm. And certainly indeed. And it's rising like crazy. And why it's rising. We'll find about that. You've been dubbed the queen of house music by Billboard. You're the guardian of the threshold and the holy grail of um, house music. You're president of tracks records of Chicago and also worked with um, Grandmaster Melly Mel, Joe Smooth and also Colonel Abrams, George Clinton. And you currently work with Irene Michaels and more. And we'll talk about your first single which is kind of like the uh, the beginning of um, a great career you have and uh, also next generation. And we'll talk about rising as well. Before getting to all that, Rachel, tell us how you first got started. Well, the thing is, I was always a kid who loved to sing, loved to dance and loved to act. And I actually uh, went on to study at the Strasburg Institute in New York. And currently I'm in six films that you can see on Amazon to be and other platforms. Uh, three of them are the Bi Vamp, Vamp Bikers trilogy. And then up and coming to be released on August 18th is going to be the Duke of New York. 
The so, Duke of New York. That is really interesting. I mean, her like, you know, the Duke of this, the Duke of that, but the Duke of New York. New York. Oh, actually, that's going to be a challenge right there. <laughs> actually, that is out now. I made a mistake because the thing that is going to be released in August, I get so confused. I have so many movies for you to see. Uh, and I really do. I've done movie with John Leguizamo and so many other people. Uh, Angel Salazar from Scarface, Apache Ramos from The Warriors. So acting has always been a big thing, too. But um, then I started getting into house music because being from Chicago, which I know you lived there, too, house music was something that was really going on during my you know, important growing up years. And uh, I was one of the people who originated it along with a couple of my friends and basically landed at Trax Records where I came up with the trademark Trax, T-R-A-X, mm -hmm. as well as just, you know, later on, years later, became the president. How do you like that? And not just a, a duke, but a president. How do you like that? And uh, <laughs> exactly. and the new movie is called Enter Requiem, by the way. So it that, is. Okay. And uh, the thing with Enter Requiem is that is probably going to be my biggest recent leading role. And it's pretty cool because I play a reporter. It involves rape, the overturn of Roe v. Wade, and a lot of interesting topics. But I'm not going to give away the plot. You'll just have to see it on Amazon, Tubi, or Another one of those outlets. Mm -hmm. and, and, and of course, we'd love to have you back and uh, talk more about those and some of your other works. And uh, what was that one precise moment that simply influenced you into what you do in the rest of your career? Well, I would say that I was at a teen warehouse party at a place called The Space Place. And this was after I recorded Fantasy which Rolling Stone claimed to be really the first vocal house record. So that's in the May issue of Rolling Stone. And, you know, they've they've pinned it that way. And so uh, basically a kid came up to me at this warehouse party when it was being busted, by the way. You know, these uh, darn it. I, I, yeah. I was trying I was trying to get there. I was wondering why everybody was running out of there. I was yeah, hoping to sneak in. <laughs> exactly. That was the point. But. Uh, the kid told me, hey, Frankie Knuckles is mixing your record down at the warehouse. Really? Now, the warehouse was around the block. Frankie Knuckles became the godfather of house music. And I never heard the term mixing before. But of course, now house music is all about DJs and mixing. And I even DJ myself. But I think going to Frankie Knuckles Warehouse Club watching walking in and watching all the wonderful people you know uh just vibing off this powerful music uh turned me into a househead and really changed my life that is so interesting and that once you got to be the queen of house music and um you know you know more into that or who are some of your favorite artists singers and uh, musicians growing up and especially with the um actors you talked about the movie industry well you know it's really interesting because as far as like favorite vocalists a lot of people would think, well, you know, she probably picked some kind of like Pat Benatar or something like that. Now, Pat Benatar is good, but I would really say people like uh, Lolita Holloway, people like Billie Holiday, um, people like Dinah Washington. I really enjoy the blues and have been influenced by that a lot. And then as far as the rock and roll part, love Mick Jagger. Um, also, a lot of these punk bands, because I really started out in punk rock, so I would say Xene of the band X. I liked the Bad Brains. I loved the Ramones. But those were some of the acts that I really loved. And then, of course, you know, I went on to work with the house music pioneers like Joe Smooth. And then, of course, you know, the godfather, who is now the godfather of funk, George Clinton, of course, I even got to go on the road with James Brown. So he was the original godfather of funk. So I guess I've really had a well-rounded career. And those were my musical influences. And then as far as acting, let's see. Uh, I really like, oh gosh, so many. I'm trying to think. Jane Fonda has been a big influence. I love her. I know that she studied method. Uh, interestingly enough, 
Marilyn Monroe was a big like method person. And she studied with, uh, you know, at the Strasbourg Institute as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lee Strasbourg was her original teacher. And I took for about three years, the professional acting class over there. So Marilyn Monroe, Jane Fonda, I'm trying to think who I would like today, but basically, you know, I, I think that those two have had a really big effect on me. Mm-hmm. And certainly does as well, too. You talk about uh, a blues influence, especially in Chicago. How about Muddy Waters, where he uh, originated oh. from Chicago, and especially Chess Records, you know, making it happen. It's like, that's like the, the king of uh, blues right there. Chess Records, Muddy Waters. I mean, that was like a perfect marriage. Well, you know, you, you're you're so right, because Chess Records, a lot of people compare tracks records to Chess Records, or they compare it to Motown. Many articles have said, you know, the Motown of house music, just as many articles from Amsterdam to New York have, you know, kind of dubbed me the queen of house. And I guess even before Billboard did that, that started out with my first big record deal, which was with a company bought by Universal called Teldec. So, and interestingly enough, Teldec had a lot of personalities, including Marilyn Monroe's musical catalog. So I like that. Yeah. So, of course, she was dead for a long time when they signed me, but it was interesting to be a label mate to somebody like that. So they were an impressive label and they I was the first house music artist to actually get a major label deal. And that I got out of Cannes, where they hold the International Music Festival called Meetem. And uh, it was exciting times and the times are still very exciting. I mean, you know, this year has been like a whirlwind, and it really has. Mm-hmm. You, you talked about your first single, uh, Fantasy, as well, too. But um, but the one that really made you was uh, My Main Man. True. That was a huge song, very huge. And it's the first one that probably put me on the map in a big way, both in New York and Chicago, because those cities, if you had to think about, you know, where did it first really jump off? You'd have to say Chicago, then New York. And really then I would have to say Germany and then France. And of course, England. Now England can't get enough of us. (laughs) Really, they cannot. It's really kind of cool. But uh, most of our new artists, which is interesting, are out of Italy. I like that. I know. It's just, you know, people like Luca Gerlin and... um, DJ uh, Franchetti and uh, D-Beat and so many others that are really coming out of Italy. Carmelo Carone. These are all like names that are really charting these days. And then, of course, uh, I can't forget our big English act, which is uh, Daniel Smith, who's known as Late Night Dub Addict. He's really getting out there a whole lot. And I personally love uh some of this uh you know a lot of the new music really like molly and taco there i mean these are like if you really listen to a lot of the new music on tracks which is distributed by sony um but you can also find you know like the fans like Bandcamp, so it's also there because fans love Bandcamp. let's put mm-hmm. it that way sony has it on you know spotify I really recommend so that people can hear all the versions of Rising that everybody go to the Scream and Rachel Spotify page because that's where you can hear My Main Man. You can hear my big uh, crossover hit that I did with Africa Bambata uh, called Fun with Bad Boys, which was known as the first hip house record. Now, Mm -hmm. today, hip house is getting huge because people like Kanye West are rapping on house records and Drake. Hmm. Kanye yeah. West. I, I could see something like that. I think he's trying to take take away a label from here. Something it's like call like the, the king of house music or it'll say like, you know, the second queen of house music, the way things are going. So <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. It's been two times that he sampled us and put out the song before actually making a deal. And the wow. first one um, was a song called Boom Boom, which was really very like kind of rare. You know, not a lot of people even knew about that record. But his manager came to meet me in L.A., a guy named John Monopoly, 
when I had my residency at the Ace Hotel in downtown LA and basically, you know, said, well, you know, Kanye wants to use one of your songs. And I'm like, okay, what song? And he says, uh, Boom Boom. And I say, well, we have two tracks called Boom Boom. So which one is it? And he said, just go to KanyeWest.com. <laughs> go so, to Kanye West. Oh my goodness. Only only ye can do that. So yeah. And the funny thing about it was at that point in time when you went to KanyeWest.com, there wasn't even a picture of Kanye West. All that there was was a music note and press play. And it turned out to be the song that he used our sample with. So it was very interesting because he he just doesn't care. Now, currently, he has sampled Move Your Body, which is the house music anthem. And a lot of people that are watching your show are going to know that track. But again, you know, he did it without any kind of authority to do so. We finally have settled on the publishing part, but we have yet to sample, you know, and get that cleared up on the master side. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm sure he'll make big news about that, too. You got to watch out. And of course, he also worked with another um, artist out of Chicago as well, too. And also, um, you know, more about Rising as well, too. A big announcement. He also did The Next Generation. He used to hold me and more with Rachel Kane, best known as Screaming Rachel here on The Mike Wagner Show. First of all, you listen to The Mike Wagner Show at themikewagnershow.com. It's powered by Sonic Web Studios. Visit online at sonicwebstudios.com for all your needs. And if you're looking for a professional website without breaking your budget, Sonic Web Studios is the answer. Sonic Web Studios offers fast, affordable custom web designs that below the competition way. Call today, 1-800-303-3960. That's 1-800-303-3960. And uh, mention the Mike Wagner Show. Make sure you get 20% uh, off your first project. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. And time for our official sponsor, a shout out to our official sponsor, the Mike Wagner Show, international warring author, Mia Molson Zia. If you love fast-paced mysteries, you'll love Missing by Mia Molson Zia, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing is fast-paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. Takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target, where truth is illusion and those you love be the first go missing. It's available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia Molson Z has garnered great reviews. And Eve 11 enjoys by Howard's celebrities, including Joanna Cassie, Forge Riley, and many others. So grab your copy today for Goes Missing by Mia Molson Zia, available on Amazon. Also, check out the Mike Wagner Show at themikewagnershow.com or 40 podcast platforms. Heard in 100 countries, including Facebook, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, plus Apple, Audible, and also follow us on um, BitChute, Rumble, YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Also on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, and more. Make sure you take us with you on any mobile device. And for great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com. Check out the Mike Widener Show podcast. T-shirts, pop sockets, throw pillows, tote bags, hoodies. Makes great gifts 24-7. Go to Amazon.com. Check out the Mike Widener Show podcast. And for more great gift ideas like missing once and wrinkles, T-shirts, pop sockets, hoodies, phone cases. One, 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 one give a gift? You got it right here. Amazon.com slash me and Molson Zia. Check it out today. And support the Mike Widener Show on Anchor FM, PayPal, and the themikewidenershow.com. We're here with the amazing, multi-talented Rachel Kane, best known as Screamer Rachel here on the Mike Widener Show, the queen of house music by Billboard, the guardian of the threshold, and the holy grail of house music. <laughs> and, and then how'd, how'd you come, come up with the name uh, guardian of the threshold as well, too? And a little bit of story behind that. Not the Guardians of the Galaxy on the movies, but the Guardian of the Threshold. I seem to like that. Well, you know, what it really came down to was uh, tracks went through a lot of tumultuous times. But through all those times, I was the one that fought the good fight and managed to actually free the older catalog of music from some of the largest companies really in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not really supposed to name them, but I can tell you that these were giant companies. I also had to fight with people like Tap that managed Dua Lipa. And the reason for that is everyone wanted my tracks trademark. Everyone wanted to take over my company. But, you know, I, I wouldn't allow myself to be bought out. Maybe that wasn't the smartest thing on my part, because when you don't sell out to people, sometimes people come to take what you have by suing you or blackmailing you or doing other kinds of nefarious things. Because, you know, sometimes big people are not used to hearing the word no. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm the guardian of it, you know, because I have fought so hard to preserve it and really 
to keep those songs that are the foundation of house music in the United States and Chicago in particular, because we're talking about a couple major, major, huge overseas company. That is something. And of course, uh, also being the holy grail of house music. It's not the Monty Python version and uh, maybe a bit more about that. The holy grail of house music. I like that one too. Well, I would think that that's really because Trax Records is just known as the original home of house music. There is no other label in the world that comes close to our reputation for house music. And I think if you would talk to Daft Punk or David Guetta, uh, Joe Smooth or some of the largest supersized DJs in the world, because now, you know, DJs are really more popular than live acts. And that is why, even though I'm a vocalist, writer, produce live music as well, uh, and of course, produce house music, uh, in-house music, you really need to be a DJ. It's part of the culture that we created, DJ culture. Mm-hmm. And certainly, D, and I think about, uh, you know, the, um, you know, DJs back in the day, you get up on stage, you know, even like in Europe, you play to like what, you know, like a small crowd, maybe, you know, a hundred, then 500, a thousand, three, five, 10, 20, 50, or like, you know, a hundred thousand, um, you know, stadium and all that. It's like, you know, you know, it used to be turntables. Now it's just laptops. I mean, I mean, what's, what's like the next best thing to like, you know, D DJs and, um, you know, trying to think of like one of them, like the chain smokers, what were they made 25 million that one year? Oh my God. And it's interesting because actually I am label mates with the chain smokers because they are distributed by Sony Orchard as artists and Sony Orchard does distribute tracks records. So it's kind of interesting that, you know, we have that, that connection. And I'm really happy to also say it's quite a wonderful thing that next month, uh, Joe Smooth is going to be opening up for David Guetta. Nice. So Smooth has done a wonderful mix on Rising that we're going to release soon. Um also, uh, Spada, which you may know of or you may not, but across the you know pond and, of course, everywhere in Europe, Spada is huge. And Joe Smooth is also huge. He's known for the anthem, Promised Land. So it's always been exciting to work with Joe all these years, and I'm so happy for him to be opening for David Guetta. There's going to be hundreds of thousands of people there. So... You know, I, I can't give him enough kudos for all that he's accomplished. Mm -hmm. he, he also uh, working and associating with a local talent in Chicago, Irene Michaels. And uh, tell us about that. Oh, Irene Michaels is fantastic. Have you had her on the show yet? Yes, I have. And totally amazing. I got to say that when that name come up, it's like, you know, she, she's got to get a lot of love out of this one, especially from you. Yeah. And I really do love her. In fact, it was me that encouraged her to do house music. I saw her performing in a small club and I just said, Irene, I think you should really allow me to produce some house music for you. And of course I did everything, you know, from start to finish, everything from getting the image together by a famous um, designer, Michael White, who's a line Equatoria. He's designed for Shaka Khan and Diana Ross and Michael Jackson and Bob Marley. Uh, so then he designed, of course, for Irene Michaels, and she's got some super looks that he put together for her. And then as well as, you know, the music that Joe Smooth and I created for her. And then, you know, I've got the newcomer. As a matter of fact, my new song, Rising, I really wrote along with, and I'm kind of the featured vocalist, but really the whole project started out with a Nashville DJ called DJ Thad X. So and that X has been also creating those big room, powerful mixes for Irene Michaels. So we've kind of run the gamut with her from commercial house along the lines of what Beyonce and Drake has done to, you know, underground big room, the kind of thing that you'd hear at a big like uh, festival. So, you know, but I love her. And especially because, oh, my God, you know, she's 78 but you'd never wow. know it by looking at her. I mean, you'd never know it. She's gorgeous. And, you know, I I can't say enough about her. I mean, you know, she must have a time machine in her closet. Because, <laughs> seriously. 
or, or one of those uh, devices that should make you make you look younger, too. And I can see that. I mean, many of us could use that. And, of course, speaking about rising and you did a number of versions and um, albums, song and everything. It, uh, you know, tell us a bit more about that. You know, what's it about and uh, what inspired you to write Rising? Well, the thing about Rising is there was a time when due to these large companies that I'm not free to name because of a settlement agreement that we have, um, was in charge of the older tracks, not anything that happened since 2007. So that's quite a long time that, you know, I've created a lot of new music with a lot of great new artists. But the artists that started, started out, you know, earlier on, they were blaming me for what this large company did. What really? the large, Why is that? Because, you know, they did not know about that exclusive license that I didn't sign. It's kind of a long, complex story. But at the end of the day, you know, I think everyone's going to know the truth. I can't name the companies, but, you know, pretty much if you look online, the companies pretty much name themselves. And though I'm not free to say whom, uh, it's out there, you know, who did it. And the main thing that they did was not pay the artists. And so it took a lot of litigation to finally get that music freed up. And I'm hoping that soon a lot of these artists that have this resentment will stop having it and realize what truly did happen. Mm -hmm. and, and certainly indeed as well, too. And of course, being a leader as well, too. And um, not just Rising and Dead, my main man, you also did um, The Next Generation, you used to hold me, Queen of House, uh, Acidic, and uh, you do sexy as well, too. And you got some singles out there, too, which are popular on Spotify, uh, Follow This Beat, Perfect Love, Fun With Bad Boys, and um, the title track to Used To Hold Me. And, um, you know, tell us more about those albums and uh, highlight some of the songs, what inspired you to write. And if there's other um, I haven't mentioned, feel free to do so. Okay, well, the first thing is I'm going to finish the story of Rising because I kind of got off track. Not but a problem, not a problem. Okay. It's, I mean, that's <laughs> where that's what we're here for. We, yeah. we let you express yourself. Freestyle. I like there that. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So the thing was that I was at a kind of a low point, you know, because a lot of people were actually kind of putting me down, not believing me, et cetera, et cetera. And so some of my most supportive fans and actually some of my most supportive producers got behind me. We all work together. And the song Rising is kind of like rising above, you know, the din, the people that don't know the truth and taking the whole thing to the top. And that's what we've been doing. The Grammy nomination certainly shows that. But now what's really exciting is we're going to have the the remixes come out before the Grammy. So we'll still be able to actually uh, nominate for remixer of the year for the new remixes. But the thing that I wanted to say about Rising, besides the fact that these, these people just, you know, they made my soul soar. They made me feel so good about myself and I needed that. And now what happened with Rising is, you know, our vinyl, we, we now have a director of vinyl because not everything can be sold on vinyl, but a lot of really good dance music can. So the director of vinyl, Paul Brazel, um, actually traveled the world. And this is an interesting story. I'm saying he traveled the world and got some of the best remixes you could imagine. Wow. You know, from Paris, from Brazil, from, you know, England, from France. I mean, you know, all this kind of thing. It's quite amazing what he really did. And I, I love the fact that he traveled, played it for these DJs who were just crazy about it. And they all decided to jump on board. And, you know, we've even got another remix out of Nashville, which is pretty cool. So I think, you know, here in Nashville, we're very well received because we're bringing a new sound to the city, which I think is pretty great. Mm -hmm. You know, it's known for country. However, um, they're really getting into electronic dance music there. And so I think Trax Records is a big part of that. And I'm really happy about that. Mm -hmm. And do you think there'll be like a, a, a country version of uh, house music and everything, maybe house country or anything like that? It, it sounds like a possible hybrid might be in the work too. I do think so. Because if you think about Old Country Road, 
And you think the way that they fused hip hop with, you know, country music. I definitely see the advantage of taking country music and and actually kind of molding it together with house. I see that coming. And in fact, we've been talking to a young artist called Chris Clark, which you can look at. He He's looking at a possible uh, Grammy nomination for his new Billboard song, Glass Half Empty. Oh, wow. I mean, and he had another smash called Girls of Tennessee. So I'm excited for Chris. He's not a Trax Records artist. He's actually on a label called Tribe 615. You can find Chris Clark also on Spotify. But I'm excited about him because I think he's going to be the country artist, which we're going to add the house music beat to. Mm, that is rather interesting. I like that, too. It'd be next generation. He used to hold me in, in Queen of House. And uh, what are some of the other um, songs you wanted to talk about as well, too? Maybe that was just Dear to Your Heart or or well, maybe some like What's Up and Coming. I think that the uh, that the You Used to Hold Me with fabulous mixes by Todd Terry, that call him Todd the God. He's <laughs> definitely one of the superstar DJs of today. Uh, did a fabulous job. And I'm, I'm, I love that. And a lot of people also love it. So that's a very popular cut as well. And then what's coming is that uh, George Cruz, who actually A&R'd my Queen of House album. I think if you get the Queen of House album, which you can download, you know, you can download it on iTunes. You can get it on all the digital platforms or you can listen on Spotify, but it, it's everywhere. Kind of like your show, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is 40 podcast platforms, 100, 100 countries. And uh, I'm sure you can top me that. If it's 41 and 101, you know what? I would definitely applaud you on that one. Go beyond and that. I applaud you. I don't know if I'm if I'm doing any more than you're doing, but I do know that Sony's got me in a lot of places. So I give kudos to them for all the hard work that they've done. But yes, uh, George Cruz who actually did A&R, my album, Queen of House, which I recommend people to get because it takes you all the way through my history. And it has so many great songs on it. And it even has some spoken word on it. Um, nice. It has some punk songs on it. <laughs> I started out as a punk rocker. That was where I heard the, the Night at the Raid about Frankie Knuckles. So it's even got, you know, it goes back to that. So Queen of House, I highly recommend. It's definitely near and dear to my heart because, you know, it, it just kind of encapsules everything that I've done. And now the new album, which is being A&R by the same person who put together the great album, Queen of House, um, we're going to be really featuring a lot of new songs and we're already starting to record like I've recorded something new with Joe Smooth and uh, I'm going to record with a lot of other people too as well as I think my album Acidic which anyone who loves Acid House is going to be crazy about you know people like Luca Gerlin did mixes for that Marcus Mix did mixes for that uh, it's late night dub did stuff on that it's really a fantastic, uh, you know, array of people. So there'll probably be, you know, a couple cuts from that because since the release of Queen of House, there's been so many new things because I'm really prolific about music. I love to write, write and write some more. And then, you know, there are also so many other exciting artists on tracks. You know, one artist that's really carried this whole trend of Acid House is Satek. So How you like that. Yeah. Satek is like huge. He's doing all the huge festivals in Europe at this time, you know, and he is out of England and we have a lot of people to really be proud of, you know, and I am so proud of all these artists, not only the ones I work with, but the ones who are on their own, who have just made the label shine for these, these last many years. And of course, like I said, you know, the classic tracks artists, um, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, making amends, having them know the truth. And in the meantime, a lot of the classic house artists, such as Joe Smooth and L.A. Williams, you know, and many others are on board with me and do understand, you know, what happened. It's a crazy business. Mm -hmm. you got something good. They want to take it. And that's all I can say. 
Exactly, you're right, and you can add me uh, to a list of uh, Rising as well, too. And of course, you know, you know that's a great song. You can add me to it as well. So <laughs> I can't wait. You know, right. we might have to take some of this spoken word and put it on the next track. Oh, you know something too. You know, speaking of spoken word, you can take uh, whatever you want to Mike Wagner's show and uh, feel free to um, add to next hit. It's like you just get a hold of a copy and just um, take a few of it. You can just add it. It's like you know, go right ahead. <laughs> How about something like? You know, I'm Mike Wagner. Here, I'm Mike Wagner. Rachel. You know, I'm Mike you... Wagner. And you're listening to Rachel. And by the way, um, you want us coming up in 2023 and beyond. We'll talk more about the future. We'll talk about with uh, Screaming Rachel, uh, Rachel Kane. You'll listen to the Mike Wagner Show at the themikewagnershow.com, powered by Sonicweb Studios, and brought to you by our official sponsor, the Mike Wagner Show, international warring author, Mia Molson's The Missing. We'll be back with the uh, queen of house music, guardian of the threshold, and the holy grail of house music, multi-talented Rachel Kane. After this time, the Mike Wagner Show is powered by Sonic Web Studios. If you're looking to start or upgrade your online presence, visit www.sonicwebstudios.com for all of your online needs. Call 1 800 303 3960 or visit us online at www.sonicwebstudios.com to get started today. Mention the Mike Wagner Show and get 20% off your project. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Hey everybody, my name is Forbes Riley and I'm an American actress and a TV host. And I was delighted when I got my copy of Missing, which is Extraordinary Relation of Ordinary People based on a real life relationship. It's just, it's well written, it's amazing. You know, it talks about a man who has lost his wife and his daughter, and it's very well done. I'm gonna highly recommend that you go get your copy of Missing. It is a powerful, exciting read. Mr. Mian Moshe Zia, he is the author of Missing. And I wanna give a big shout out and a kiss all the way halfway around the world to my dear friend. Check him out at Mia's website. It's called www.miamoshenzea.com. Missing, available on Amazon. Again, I'm Forbes Riley, and I will see you again soon. Bye-bye. Hey, hey, this is Ray Powers, and boy, are you in luck. Right place, right time. Tuned in to The Mike Wagner Show. You heard me. We're back with the amazing Rachel Kane, best known as Screaming Rachel here on The Mike Wagner Show, the queen of house music, guardian of the threshold, and the holy girl of house music. And by request, I'm Mike Wagner, and you're with Rachel Kane. And I'm Mike Wagner. You were screaming, Rachel. I hope I got that right. So, <laughs> yes, all the sound bites about you're here with screaming, Rachel. She's fabulous. I'm Mike Wagner. I'm Mike Wagner. You're here with screaming, Rachel. We can cut that up and make that sound really cool. But I like it because I want to say you have a great voice for broadcasting. Well, thank you very much. And of course, you got a great presence as well, too. And of course, you know, it doesn't stop there. I mean, you got to keep rising and rising and rising. There's no ceiling to it. And um, you got a lot of great things going on. And speaking of that, what else can we expect me in 2023 and beyond, Rachel? Well, you know, I just absolutely love acting. So you can expect a lot more movies. And as I said, this year, Enter Requiem is coming out. But I'm in the Vamp Bikers trilogy, three movies. I'm in um, Night Owl with John Leguizamo. Um, now Enter Requiem is my new one, but also Japanese Borsh, I'm in that. And The Duke of New York, I'm in that. So I have quite a uh, kind of a filmography besides my discography. And mm -hmm. a lot of them, like I said, you know, to be uh, Amazon, so many of these digital platforms that you can see me in. Oh, and though I can't say who produced it or who is well yes i can because it's already been in variety so i can say that um you know hillary clinton is doing a new documentary so you'll be hearing a lot more about that and i expect that that new documentary will come out around uh 2024 and oh, in wow. fact on august 16th i'm very excited because i'm going to be interviewed about house music and about tracks records and about my new song uh, by French TV, which has, uh, they have millions of viewers. And it's also besides being shown in France, shown in Germany, and I'm sure that they'll make subtitles. Oh, so wow. Amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so looking forward to it. And uh, we, we will watch it. So, 
I'm excited because like I said, so much is happening. And obviously, you know, like being on your show, that's another big kind of thing for me. And I really appreciate it. I appreciate what you're doing. And I, you know, definitely do appreciate Eileen, you know, Shapiro and uh, Jimmy Starr. I mean, they're great people. And of course, like I said, Irene Michaels, I'm so proud of her, you know, because she is amazing. She's beautiful to look at. And she is a definite kind of a so charismatic on stage. You'll love to see her. We've done some really big concerts together, probably, you know, 5,000 people in the audience, uh, you know, at the patio theater. Uh, that was one of the spots that we did it to. And the Avondale, another very big spot that we, we did a concert at. So she also, which I think is really interesting, does something that I think I'm going to go back to doing and it's kind of cool because even though I haven't done it for a while, I'm thinking about it. And that is she does these small, intimate venues, too. She really likes to, you know, get out and kind of like really uh, communicate with that crowd. And sometimes when you're communicating to a small crowd, you can really touch the people and you can actually see how you're touching them. Because when there's a big crowd, you know, you kind of see a sea of people and that's what it looks like. But when you're really in a small kind of a setting, which is what Irene also loves to do, and she performs her originals along with some classics, she's going to be doing that in New York coming up. So nice. uh, she probably spoke about that on your show. So I'll be in New York to see her. And I, I'm going to start doing some of that because, you know, I've been going to her shows and, you know, performing with her on the bigger shows. And I've got to say that it appeals to me to kind of get to that kind of roots of, of, of the small crowd so that you can really appreciate how you're touching the people. Mm, that's certainly interesting. You talk about the small venues in Chicago, maybe think of the park West. And I think of um, the Genesee theater in uh, Waukegan. I think there's um, one somewhere on the Fox Valley. And I think there was also what the Aragon, I think there's the um, uptown theater. And I think there's uh Oh my gosh, I think there's a few more. It's kind of like just, you know, escaping me at this point. But I do get what you're saying, though. Yeah, now the, the big club restaurant that's in the Fulton Market area, known as Carnival, it has a really cool room underground that they call the Alley. And he's had Grammy winners in there. And of course, he's featured Irene Michaels. And that's a great little room. Even though it's a small room, it's really getting a lot of publicity. So... I, I think that that is another good place for people to check out. Carnival is having, you know, they do it, I believe, every Thursday night. But anyway, oh, wow. it's something to check out because Carnival is is in Fulton, on Fulton Market, you know, right in that district. And funny enough, that's where Space Place was. And that's where house music, you know, I would say, you know, started. Mm -hmm. So, So, but now if you compare the Fulton Market area to what it was back then, I mean, it's amazing. Now you've got Google there. You've got places like uh, the aviary where you're spending $25 a drink and up. It's oh crazy. Oh my goodness. And I thought I was paying that much for a six pack or, or even at a Cubs or Sox game, like maybe a couple of beers for friends or something. <laughs> I know it's insane, but all I can say is we went from being, you know, underground warehouses that were like the uh, predecessor of, uh, of raves and probably, you know, all the the really big kind of underground shows that, you know, are held outside, those kind of things. And, and also in big warehouses, because that's where we started out in warehouses where, you know, we kind of hosted like very, in, a, in some ways, they were probably almost like illegal parties, but not really, because, you know, we did have a right to do them. But I think a lot of people, you know, didn't even understand what we were doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Ex exactly. Yeah. And of course, um, and of course, like the venues we mentioned, Chicago, how about in New York? If, um, you know, people want to check out where some of the uh, smaller intimate venues in uh, New York, you know, you think of the Apollo. And I think there's also, um, let's see, a couple others. It's like I'm having a brain fog right now. So, well, you know, um, there definitely is Chelsea Table where Irene's going to be performing. That's a good little small venue. And uh, 
Um, what is his name? Randy. You probably had him on the show before. Randy Edelman. Yes, I had him on right. twice. Amazing guy. Yeah, because he's a you know he's done so many great soundtracks and he performed there. And then you know what I really like because it's funky and it's small, but I really enjoy it is the Producers Club. Now, if you've watched Seinfeld and you see his little comedy skits that he used to begin with. The show uh, yada, 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 yada. <laughs> yeah, he did those those shows, which you see in that small audience that he has with the old shows that they used to put on um, at the Producers Club. So a lot of people do fun things there, and I've performed there a number of times because it's pretty much like a private club where anything goes. So I love the Producers Club. That's on 43rd Street, kind of around like 9th between, I think it's 8th and 9th Avenue. So that's a place that I really love, you know, okay. but it's so great to to see all these wonderful, you know, kind of, I guess, smaller venues, which I think in some ways maybe popping up even more because I think what happened was the pandemic has changed so many things, mm -hmm. you know? And that's another thing. I mean, if you think about what happened during the pandemic and how it, it really stopped everything except for virtual shows. And, you know, I'm sure you probably carried on and I did too. Right, because, exactly. And, yeah. and of course, during the time of the pandemic, you know, people ask me, it's like, how'd your show do during the pandemic? It did great because it's it's an open forum for uh, people to come on the show. And, um, and of course, you read the bio as well, too, where I, I end up like in the top 200 at the um, end of the year on um, the app, the Apple charts uh, in the U.S. and the world as well, too. And I'm trying to remember on that. And um, and I think that year around 2020, at um, you know, close to the pandemic, it's like I had about Oh my God, maybe 50, 60,000 people, you know, just dialing in on, on uh, quite a few um, episodes, especially some stars, Sherry Nelson and uh, Joy Pune, especially Meryl McCoo and Billy Davis Jr. Oh my goodness. Uh, cool. You know, and that's the thing, like we were the first record label to start doing virtual shows and we were doing a virtual show with a number of DJs from around the world. You know, I'd be in Chicago, another guy would be in New York, somebody would be in Italy, somebody would be in England. It was really pretty cool, you know, and we would do that and we would time it out, you know, so that this DJ would be on then and this DJ would follow. And, and you're so right because people had nothing to do on a Saturday night. So we provided them with entertainment and, you know, I kind of sometimes even miss those days just because, <laughs> you know, I got to say, cause it was so much fun knowing every Saturday I'm going to do this. And then at the end of the night, you know, all the people that kind of worked together on it would all just get on a zoom call so that we just all kind of communicate with each other. So right. And, and, and of course, you, 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 you play in your kitchen, you play in a living room, play in a patio rooftop. And some people even got more creative, like, you know, you know, playing in a litter box or something. So, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I thought was the most creative thing that happened with the tracks record shows was one of our artists, Jason Chaos, who's another act that you can find on Spotify and you can find him at if you look up, you know, um, the WhatsApp, it's called the Empire Nightlife kind of it's it's uh, kind of like I said, it's an app. It's on WhatsApp, but Empire Nightlife, if you are able to join that or tune into them, you can find out a lot of the gigs that uh, Jason Chaos is doing. But the coolest thing I ever saw anybody doing during the pandemic was Jason played in Times Square with no one there. I'm wow no one Times square empty it's like you know he, he's probably you know, encouraged the ball to drop that early so <laughs> it was the craziest thing and he's got it on video you know it's it is amazing to see Times square empty like that and it was really i mean no one was there i finally kind of got on you know the phone and i'm calling a couple friends and said go to Times square right now you could see jason he's spinning live you know he, they put speakers out there and he just did a whole live set in Times Square with nobody. It was amazing. And to see that. Oh, my gosh. actually see New York deserted to that uh, kind of, I mean, it was just crazy. Oh, my then, God. Yeah. It, it, 
made me think of um you know uh playing football at giant stadium to a crowd nobody or even like the mets or yankees you know playing to a crowd nobody or you know the the rangers of the knicks madison square garden nobody except for a janitor doesn't know what's going on so <laughs> exactly and even the tonight show i don't know if you remember i was watching that where the tonight show you know they were doing it out of uh out of the house, you know what I mean? And the other guests were also, you know, doing the Zoom out of their house. So I think the one thing that was kind of good about it, it was like an equalizer where your show, my show, we could be equal to anything that was on television because, hey, we had the same kind of tools to work with. We didn't have all these fancy lights and all these cameramen. It was raw. It was real. And uh, that's a cool way to do things mm -hmm. and, and and this is the ultimate virtual reality right here unlike these uh scripted reality shows that you see it's like you know you think it's real but it's all scripted and everything it's like you know what you see what you hear what we're saying on the show and having you on it's right there it is unfiltered it's unedited it's like it's like having a conversation back in the day like with um old time radio there was no mute buttons no cough buttons you don't edit it's like Whatever's out there, it's out on the airwaves. You can't go back to it. No, you're so right. And and what's been really great, you know, about this kind of forum to me is that, as you said, it's real. It's uncensored. And reality shows, because actually, you know, a few reality shows had, had actually kind of gotten in touch with me to do these reality shows. So... It didn't happen, but I was working with the guy that produced uh, Dirty Jobs, and he was interested in kind of capturing me in New York. Well, the thing was, he, he got impatient, so he left before the party got closed down, and before Michael Alec, who they made the movie Party Monster about, appeared. But, I mean, the thing was, what was disappointing about that was, man, they were trying to tell me, get upset, get really upset. You know, you're really upset now. Cry, do this, do that. You know, as you said, they're telling the people how to react. Right. And, and, that's and, really and of course, I watch some as well, too. Yeah, that's exaggerated anger and um, exaggerated laughter and all that. And the reality is it's like you're just conducting business, you know, just uh, just doing normal as well. Exactly. And I think a lot of the reality people that are on those shows are actually, you know, they're in the entertainment business. So a lot of people don't realize many of them are entertainers and have been entertainers. And now you're really kind of seeing them acting. It's kind of really not reality. It's more acting. This is reality. Mm -hmm. And exactly. Yeah. And of course, uh, where can we find all your uh, works at your music, your movies and everything? Where can we find your works at, Rachel? Well, you know, it's interesting because, again, you know, Tracks Records has an official YouTube page. So you can hear a lot of the the records, not only my own, but other people's. And you can hear some of our DJ mixes on the YouTube page. But also, as I said, you know, there's some great mixes of all the tracks. On. I saw something today where if you went on Spotify and you looked up tracks records, you could get this mix with, you know, it's got a ton of my songs and it's got, you know, many other tracks artists. So you can like listen to that. There are so many. And I mean, obviously, Beatport is a great place where DJs like to get their music. And the reason for that is that you can buy a wave at Beatport, you mm. know, like, yeah, which is interesting because what happens is uh, on Apple, you know, you can only really purchase MP3s, but sometimes these really big DJs, they want to get a wave so they can get that, you know, on Beatport and Track Source and a few of these sites that really kind of uh, cater to mm -hmm. the DJ. And then, of course, like I said, a lot of the fans really enjoy Bandcamp. And we've got some rare stuff on Bandcamp just because that caters to fans. But like I said, you know, uh, for the most part, you know, it's Sony that has done fantastic for us and really, you know, put us everywhere that there is music. There is tracks everywhere that there is music. There is Rachel. And like I said, the movies, you know, Amazon to be some of these other, you know, uh, platforms, because these days Netflix is really more about producing their own content. You know, it's rare that they pick up something unless it's huge, huge, huge budgets. And we're doing films along the lines of, let's say, John Waters, things that are like that. They're funky, 
but they're real and they're fun. And so, you know, these channels like Tubi or, or Amazon is where you would find a lot of them. There are others too, but those are the two I watch. So I know it's on those two. <laughs> and we'll certainly check that out as well too. Love to have you back on when it comes to movies and just a couple more things, Rachel, who do you consider biggest influence in your career? The biggest influence in my career. You mean somebody who really kind of was like a mentor to me? Anybody in general. All right. Well, I'm going to say Sylvia Robinson, the woman behind Sugar Hill Records. And why I say that is because when I met her and understood what it was that she did, because she was a recording artist, she was a writer, she was an engineer, she was a producer. And so, and also she was an African-American lady to give her her due, you know, um, I saw what she was doing and I really kind of just, it just opened up my eyes to saying, you know, one day I want to do this for house music. At the time, you know, people would joke house music. Ha ha. What is that? Something you play in your house? Right, you right, know. right. Exactly. It's like with rock and roll. It's, you know, you think that it's never going to survive and look what happened. I mean, and with rap too, you're right. I mean, it hit upon the points. Like we just celebrated 50 years of uh, hip hop and rap music. I mean, 50 years. I'm like, Oh my gosh, where's time gone? Where does time go? And I tell you, Sylvia Robinson started the rap hip hop before Russell Simmons. I think a lot of people don't give her as much due as she deserves. But what is interesting is Lee Daniels, you know, he's quite a famous director and he directed the show Empire. Well, if you've ever seen Empire, the character Cookie is based on Sylvia, which is, you know, fascinating to me except in sylvia's case she was the artist instead of you know joe robinson the husband you know he was not the artist whereas in empire it's lucas lyons who's who's really the artist but you know you flip that up a little bit but you think about the sharp clothes the all designer you know the 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 rolls royce the uh, presence of a cookie was so much like sylvia robinson and she inspired me to do what I'm doing today to realize there would be a way that I, and hopefully I'm going to set the bar for other women to realize that they can also be record company presidents and owners. You know, I had a good meeting with one of the editors at Billboard not too long ago, and I just said to him, um, can you tell me, you know, one other woman who's doing what I'm doing? And he just said, no, I really can't because there's not someone doing it. There's wow. not someone being, you know, president of a of a large established label who's a woman. And I think that there needs to be there needs to be more people. And I hope to set an example, you know, for girls that may be listening to this, that may have, you know, that inspiration. Maybe they're an artist, as I was and still am. And maybe they want to be in control, you know, thinking that because sometimes, you know, you might sign a big major label deal, but you could get dropped. Um, they could shelf your music. There's so many things that can happen. Whereas I've always been able to feel comfortable because, you know, I am in control of this music. And I am also, you know, very interesting as a record company president because I don't just like sign people because of their TikTok numbers. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, yeah, they disagree with my style of A&R. But my style of A&R is, first, it's about the music and how I feel about that. And second, it's really about the person, their personality, their drive, what they really want. And also just, you know, general kindness. I don't want any of those stuck up snobs you know, or any people like that. I just or, don't or so many selfies. Look at me. Look at me like 10,000 of the same posts. Yeah, I just I can't get into that, you know, and, and there are so many like, you know, that is exactly what happens. I think what what major labels are doing now is they're looking almost strictly at TikTok numbers. I know that because I do a lot of deals with major labels. They license things from us. Uh, you know, I do deals with major television shows we have been, you know, uh, our music has been used for Maison Kitsune and Gucci and Louis Vuitton and, you know, runways around the world, too. So I kind of know 
what a lot of the major labels have started to do. And it's changed, mm-hmm. you know, where it used to be a lot more on merit because, you know, they were selling CDs and things like that. Now that CDs are totally outmoded. I mean, I guess that's why they're really looking to TikTok stars with big numbers, mm. you know, they're looking at a whole different way to sign music. That is rather interesting. I have to get on TikTok sometime and try that out. Hopefully avoid the selfies and everything. So I'll do that. Yeah. You know what, though? You can actually, as long as you have a thousand viewers, you can actually do a long show like yours on TikTok. Mm, I like that. I'm come with some great ideas, Rachel. This is so amazing. I love it. Yeah, I think you should have your show on TikTok also because, you know, maybe a lot of these fans who wouldn't otherwise see you could actually tune into you and learn about you. I think that's a great idea. We encourage you to use TikTok as well. And uh, lastly, what's the best advice you can give to anybody at this point, Rachel? The best advice that I'd like to give anybody is don't pay any attention to naysayers, people that try to tell you you can't. Because one thing that I've learned through all the ups and downs that I've had happen in my career and in my life is that if you believe it, if you believe it with all your heart, your soul, your mind, you can accomplish these dreams. Sure, you need the talent. And I think everybody, everybody needs to find their niche. You know, do you have a good voice for broadcasting? Do you have, are you beautiful? And you, you know, you fit the model mold, whether no matter what size you are, because these days, you know, plus models, different age models, but, you know, photogenic people of all types, but you find what you love and then don't let naysayers convince you and tell you it can't be done because it can and that would be my my advice. Mm-hmm. It can't be done. That's right. And it's being done right here today as well, too. We're here with uh, Rachel Kane, best known as Screamer Rachel. Um, She's got the new uh, release, uh, Rising, featuring the title track on the Mike Widener Show, the Queen of uh, House Music, Guardian of the uh, Threshold, and the Holy Grail of House Music. Rachel, very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely fantastic. Learned a lot from you. Looking forward to having you in soon. Keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Love to have you back. Once again, what's your website? How do people contact you? Where can people purchase or check out your works? Well, they can get our works everywhere. As I said, you know, uh, definitely Apple Music and any any digital platform, really. You can get the music. You can listen to the music at my Spotify, my Screaming Rachel Spotify. So pretty much they can either download the music or they can stream the music almost anywhere. They can see the movies for sure on Tubi and Amazon. There are other platforms, but I don't necessarily know them because I don't use them uh, myself. But, you know, and of course, uh, YouTube, you can definitely stream a lot of cuts from the label there. So basically, in today's world, which, you know, is a virtual world, this music and just, you know, even these movies are available in so many places. And I guess that's another thing I tell people as my advice is, you know, we're now in the metaverse, you know, we're now worldwide, whatever you do, it's capable of reaching people everywhere in the world. So besides ignoring the naysayers, know that you could become an influencer, a superstar just by going live. Mm-hmm. And even the tiniest of islands, you can reach them. That's true. There you go. There you go. Once again, Rachel, a very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely fantastic. Learned a lot from you. Looking forward to having you again soon. Keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Love to have you back. Wish you all the best. And Rachel, you definitely have a great future ahead of you. Thank you. Love you, Mike. See you soon. The Mike Wagner Show is powered by Sonic Web Studios. If you're looking to start or upgrade your online presence, visit www.sonicwebstudios.com for all of your online needs. Call 1-800-303-3960 or visit us online at www.sonicwebstudios.com to get started today. Mention The Mike Wagner Show and get 20% off your project. Sonic Web Studios. Take your image to the next level. Hey everybody, my name is Forbes Riley and I'm an American actress and a TV host. And I was delighted when I got my copy of Missing, which is Extraordinary Relation of Ordinary People based on a real life relationship. It's just, it's well written. It's amazing. You know, it talks about a man who has lost his wife and his daughter. 
and it's very well done. I'm gonna highly recommend that you go get your copy of Missing. It is a powerful, exciting read. Mr. Mian Moshe Zia. He is the author of Missing. And I wanna give a big shout out and a kiss all the way halfway around the world to my dear friend. Check him out at Mia's website. It's called www.miamotionzea.com. Missing, available on Amazon. Again, I'm Forbes Riley, and I will see you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Mike Wagner Show. Brought to you by international award-winning author Mia Mosin-Zia of Missing. And powered by Sonic Web Studios. Be sure to join us again on over 40 podcast platforms. And of course, on the themikewagnershow.com, hamiltonradio.net, and Diamonds FM. Don't forget to support our program with a generous donation at themikewagnershow.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>